This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, now. here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there and welcome to episode number 292 of Youpner FM, the place to be once a week, every Friday. If you are a personal brand entrepreneur blazing your own trail, building a profitable business based around you, your personality, your experience and the people that you want to serve. Yes, this is it. You found your people. Welcome home. <laughs> All right, this week we've got a great show lined up. Christopher Lockhead. Oh my gosh, what an incredible conversation this was. I know you're going to love it. All about niching or niching down, depending on what side of the pond you're from originally. Before we go into that, however, please do make sure that if you haven't already done so, hop over to youpreneursummit.com while listening to this or directly after listening to this to find out more information about our live multi-day event in London, England happening this November. Last year, we sold this sucker out three months before the event even took place. This year, there are the tickets are just flying off the virtual shelves, literally. So we're in early bird pricing period right now. You can get in at the lowest possible price for you at this moment in time. Uh, lots of keynotes, lots of learning, lots of networking, mind mapping, brainstorming, you name it, and a few little extra special little treats thrown in for good measure as well, which you'll only find out about if you're at the event. Hashtag real talk right there. I'd love to have you there. I'd love to host you in my hometown of London. Please do head over to youpreneursummit.com and join all the other attendees in London. We've got people coming from 30 plus countries around the world. It's going to be an incredible weekend. I cannot wait to do it all over again. So that's youpreneursummit.com. Make sure you go check it out right now. Okay, so on to my chat with Christopher. Now, Christopher and myself haven't actually known each other for very long. We're still relatively new friends. We met via our good mutual friend, Kevin Miller, who is the host of the Zig Ziglar family show, which I was on not so long ago. He hooked me up with Chris, and now we're like getting to know each other. He's a super smart guy, really easy to talk to, has his own brilliant podcast, Legends and Losers. We talk about that and all of the motivation behind that coming from a really big kind of tech corporate background. You'll see what I mean when we get going here with the conversation. Just a super smart guy. And we're talking all about the importance and the power of niching down in business and what it can mean for the growth of our businesses over the short, mid and long term. I know you're going to love this conversation and it's it's an enjoyable one as well. You can just sit back and relax and have a little chuckle with us, take some notes and enjoy maybe a glass of wine or a or a bottle of scotch, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. Here's myself and Christopher. Enjoy. So, Chris, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Chris. It is I, great uh, to have you. It's gonna. Like uh, this is gonna be a good conversation. Your hairdo. I know. We clearly, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, our parents were smarter, and we both had the same barber, so we were all right. Hey, we're, I, we're on good terms already. I must have missed the the email that said I should have been wearing a, a Star Wars sweater. 
Yeah, uh, t-shirt rather. Yeah. Well, for those, so for you guys tuning in, Chris and I actually talking via Zoom as we record this. We can see each other. We know that we go to the same barber, um, and that uh, I'm wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. But uh, you guys don't know any of this because this is an audio-only show, obviously. So you'll have to picture it. Close your eyes, as Bruce Lee would say: "Empty your mind. Be shapeless, <laughs> formless." No, anyway, um, Chris, it's great to have you with us, man. I am really excited about this conversation for a couple of reasons. Number one we've got lots of mutual friends. So that's just, it, it's a given that this is going to be a good chat. But number two, um, you've got a book coming out not so long from now, um, which the title is Niche Down or Niche Down for my brothers and sisters on the other side of the pond. Um, and I mean, this is something that I have been going on and on and on about for years. And just as we hit record here for the last 10, 15 minutes, we've been having a conversation about life and guitars and business and swearing and all that sort of type of stuff. But here we are now to actually talk about this subject because you made it very clear actually before we hit record that, you know, when you do, I'll I'll say niche down, you can say niche down and we'll talk, we'll joke about that until the cows come home. But, um, You, you know, you make it very clear when you niche down, you actually get the opportunity to be able to become more successful. So to kickstart this conversation, conversation off, this is a new world to you, this whole online business world. You've got three decades under your belt as a, as a, as a business person. Um, everything from Silicon Valley to now the Legends and Losers podcast. I mean, where does this career come from? Give us, give us the two-minute soundbite, according to Chris Lockhead, will you? Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm a guy who was a, uh, an entrepreneur, or I guess still am an entrepreneur, and I was the chief marketing officer of three publicly traded Silicon Valley tech companies. I can tell you all, all about that if you like. And uh, so I did that for 20 years. And then for 10 years, I, I, so I hung up my, my uh, uh, sort of players uh, or fighters gloves, if you will. Right. And then I became a coach for about 10 years and um, was an advisor coach, did some board work, um, uh, started a small advisory firm with two uh, other great guys, uh, wrote a book. And then uh, when that book came out, which is about a year and a half ago now, I um, retired as an advisor and coach. And I took a little bit of time off. The book had come out and it was doing great. And I was very proud of it. In a lot of ways, uh, Play Bigger is, is a big part of my life's work. Um, and then decided to start Legends and Losers, the podcast. And so, um, you know, I'm in this whole new area of life. I don't know anything about the podcasting world. I don't know anything about being an author. Um, but what I'm very grateful for, Chris, there are a lot of people who spend 30 years in a career doing stuff and doing it well. And when they're done, um, you know, not too many people really care to hear the old war stories. <laughs> right. Right. And so I'm just grateful that after a 30 year career as a, as a marketing guy and as an entrepreneur that, um, you know, I have this opportunity to try to make a difference for other uh, entrepreneurs and, and, and for youpreneurs and, um, and to really help people try to design a legendary business and a legendary life. And, and I'm having a blast trying to figure out how to do that. Okay. So let's, let, let's rewind a little bit then. So you, you wrap up, you, you know, you coaching, consulting, advising, et cetera, after, you know, a, a great career in, in, in the Silicon Valley style tech company type, you know, lives. Uh, and, and you, you decide to start a podcast. Why? Why 
a podcast, right? First and foremost. And why Legends and Losers? I'm curious. Where'd you get that title from? Great title, by the way. Love it. Need one Thank of your you. t-shirts. Again, for you guys tuning in, you don't see the t-shirt. I need the, he, he should be wearing a Star Wars. I need Legends and Losers. Pod, uh, uh, t-shirt. I need that. I'll send you three, Chris. Uh, okay. I'd love, I'd love to. One, um, one for, for, for the three days I work each week. That's great. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or you, know, you might wear one out. You know, it's always good to have a backup. We, we sort of say, if you have one, you have none. So if you're going to have you two, you might as well have three. So All right. <laughs> um, it, it's like, it's like when you're planning on how much beer you should buy when your buddies are coming over, you know, you right. buy as much beer as you think you can drink. Yeah. Plus a case of 24. There you go. Just to be on the safe side. Just, just, yeah. You, know, you just don't want to be those guys that, you know, you want to be prepared, right? I was a Cub Scout. Be prepared. Right. Um, okay. So legends and losers. Um, uh, so part of it was um, the people who were reading Play Bigger were sort of saying, hey, we'd like some more. We'd like to have some of this conversation. So in some ways, it's a response. Uh, the show was a response to that. Good. Good. Um, and the other part of it was and this may sound crazy, but I think this is true for a lot of entrepreneurs and youpreneurs. Legends and Losers in a very real way, Chris, is the podcast I wanted to listen to. Mm. And so we are on a mission to help people design a legendary business and a legendary life. And we try to have real conversations about that. And, and what I mean about real, real conversations is, look, I'm not a professional host or journalist. And on most interview shows, what you experience is a professional journalist of some kind with a pre-scripted narrative. Yep. And you have a highly accomplished person who's highly media trained and has their three talking points. You see this with politicians all the time. And it doesn't matter what the interviewer asks, the politician answers with one of the three talking points. And so the traditional interview paradigm for me is it, there's something very inauthentic about it because what you get are colliding prefabricated narrative and talking points. You don't get a real conversation. And so right. the, the podcasts that I love um, like yours are much more of a dialogue or a conversation. Sure. Yeah. And so legends and losers is uh, we try to have authentic conversations that for the audience feels like an eavesdropping experience. Mm. We never, we never even mentioned that there's an audience. Right. And so it's like you're listening to two or three folks in a bar uh, and you're eavesdropping. You're like, and and you, and it's like the conversation drills into your ear. And so we try to capture lightning in a bottle in that the art of a great dialogue and conversation is, is one that's dying in our world. And that's where we learn things, free range conversation where we can open up with people. you know, we, 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 we just had NBA legend Bill Walton on the show. Right. I know this and I'm instantly jealous and horrifically mortified by this fact because <laughs> anybody that listens to this show will know I've been a lifelong Boston Celtics fan. So there you go. Oh, well, how cool. Right. And that was right. part of, we were chatting about that on, on, on email when we originally connected, how fun yeah. that is. Yeah. And so you think about an amazing, accomplished guy and a fun guy and an incredible character. I think he's a true American uh, treasure. Well, if he was on, you know, 60 Minutes or some entertainment show or some kind of Oprah-y show or the Ellen show or I don't know what, 
even if he was the main guest, after all the ads and all the BS and crapola, maybe you get six or eight minutes with him. <laughs> right, right, right. And worst of all, the interviewer can ask him a question. So, Bill, what did you learn from uh, your coach, your famous coach, Coach Wooden? Well, Fred, pa 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 pa. And on to the next question. You're like, well, wait, wait a minute. Bill Walton just said something awesome, and we're going on to the next question? Right. Are you out of your mind? And so you get my point. And so what I really wanted as a podcast fan was a long-form dialogue that that was kind of eavesdropping and where you could really capture lightning in a bottle. You could hear those conversations with great people about what it really takes, have a no BS conversation. We call it the losery. Get get into the losery, get into the failure. What was it like for, for Bill when his, his feet wouldn't work because he had this chronic problem? What was it right. like that he was a stutterer into his 20s? How did that feel? Right. right. And what was it like to be so accomplished in one part of your life and, and not feel like you could talk? Right, and yeah. so on and so on and have, yeah. a, have a real no BS conversation. And so um, the joy of Legends and Losers is I get to do that a couple times a week with you know, some pretty awesome people. I love it. I think it's great. I think, you know, they're the kind of shows that will be, they're they're the kind of shows that are going to stand the test of time. As long as a host obviously wants to carry on recording them. Um, And one of the biggest compliments that I get about Youpreneur FM is that it sounds like a couple of friends sitting over a dinner table or something along those lines. And that's always, I don't, I don't take that compliment lightly in any way, shape or form. Although I do acknowledge that there is an audience tuning in and that we're recording this to inspire, educate and edu- and, and entertain them. But at the end of the day, um, there are no preset questions. We have a talking point and we just go for it for half an hour. Simple as that. Um, it's one of, one of the favorite things that I do, you know, and I batch, I batch my recording. I, I don't, you know, I don't have like a day every week where I, I go live or anything like that. I batch sometimes a couple of months in advance, depending on tra- travel schedule and everything. And the funny thing is that when sometimes when I do batch quite far in advance, when the show comes out, and I listen back to it. And by the way, I listen to every single episode of this show myself because I want to learn back from the conversations that I have with people. When I listen back to conversations, and the last one uh, that I listened back to um, was one with Jeff Walker. Um, probably, I don't know, I, I think the last time I listened to him was maybe a month or so ago uh, when I was traveling and I, I listened to the show. I was like, holy crap, this is a really good podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're yeah, listening no. to your own show and you're like, this is good stuff. You know, you're doing good stuff, right? Well, and I look, this might make me sound like a dork and I, I'm a podcast super consumer. I, I love podcasts long before I ever started one and long right. before I ever, ever thought I would do one. Um, but what happens to me is I forget uh, I forget it's me on the show. Like it's just right. legends. Look, this is this is so so dorky, but Legends and Losers is my favorite podcast. I can't wait till the new episode comes out. I'm always bummed when it's over. I always want another one. Like, and I, I, I know it's corny. I, I I but I listen like a fan. I don't I don't listen. I'm not listening to critique myself or any of that. I I just enjoy the show. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you loud and clear, man. Well, all right, let's, I think we all know Chris very, very well now. This is good. Let's, um, let's get into then the meat of this, right? So let's talk about 
niching down, what we're doing, how we're doing it, who we're doing it for, uh, and that sort of type of thing. I'll, I'll ask a very simple question, and then let's elaborate on that for the next 15, 20 minutes or so. Why is it important for us to niche down what we're doing? So uh, let me share with you a quick story. So you remember this movie, There's Something About Mary? Oh, good God, of course. Great, great movie. Great movie, right? So one of my favorite scenes, and it was my f- uh, favorite scene from the minute I saw it, A, because it's really funny, and B, I, I, it explained in a lot of ways a big part of my life in a way that I was never able to. So there's a scene in the movie where um, uh, Stiller is um, in the car, and he picks up a hitchhiker. Yes. And the hitchhiker is a psycho killer played by comedian Harlan Williams, who incidentally, Chris, is absolutely laugh your behind off funny. I've seen him live. Go see him if you ever get a chance. His name's Harlan Williams. Anyway, so Harlan, the serial killer, gets in the car and they're driving along and they're having a conversation. And in the conversation, uh, uh, Stiller says to him, so sort of, you know, what's, what's your plan in life? Like, what, what are you going to, how you, you know, what are you going to do with yourself? And he says, you know, that, that infomercial for eight minute abs, <laughs> well, I'm going to launch seven minute abs. <laughs> right. Do, do you remember this scene? I remember. It was so good. I remember. And then what well, does Stiller say to him? For me, well, it's even funnier for me was I was in the infomercial business for a few years. So that, that just, I mean, it was always about how can we get one up on the, on the, you know, the competitors. So I, I remember. And so Stiller says to him, just to finish the story, he says, well, that's great until someone comes out with six minute abs. Then what are you going to do? <laughs> right. So and, good. You know, and Harlan starts kind of convulsing. Right, right. So the point of the story, I think, is obvious. So here's the thing. Here's the insight that changed my business life. Virtually all of us make an unconscious, unquestioned, untalked about, unthought about choice that isn't a choice. Like right now, you and I are choosing to breathe oxygen, but we're just doing it. It's not really a conscious choice, right? So this is an unconscious choice in that way in business to compete in an existing market category with a strategy of we're better faster, cheaper, but it's really around better, in some way better than them. Mm. And the entrepreneur or the youpreneur thinks, all I got to do is get the world to experience my service or product. If they could only see a demo, if they could see, just see a video of me giving a speech, they would hire me, right? right? Right. Or whatever it is. And so if they could just experience the service or the product, then the world would be the path to my door. That's what we believe. Like, like we believe in the availability of oxygen. So just have that sit in your head for a sec. Mm -hmm. Now think about every legendary person that you respect and admire. And I would posit to you, Chris, that every legendary artist, musician, 
entrepreneur, youpreneur, scientist, uh, politician, if there's one you admire, (laughs) Hmm. Um, share a few traits. They're probably very original. They're probably somebody who broke and took ground. Mm -hmm. They're probably somebody who you say you admire, respect, because um, they are uh, unique in a very uh, distinct way. And so here's the aha. Virtually every person, company, is successful because they become known for a niche that they own. And it's not their brand. This is where people get really confused. It's they get known for the niche, not the brand. Right. Totally. Because people need to understand what's your category? What are you? And then are you the leader in that thing? And the way the human brain works, and we talk about it if you like, because we did a lot of the brain research for uh, my first book, Play Bigger, that I co-wrote with these three awesome guys, um, to, to understand how the human mind works. But essentially, the way you and I cope with mass amount of choice is we have to put things in buckets or categories, and then we look for choices inside those categories. But for the most part, if I say to you, hey, Chris, uh, do you want to go out for dinner tonight? You say, sure. The logical flow of the question is, well, what kind of food do you feel like? Right. And if you say Italian, you're declaring a category. And then if I say, oh, that, that's great. Um, do you want to go to Gabriella's in Santa Cruz? It's a wonderful Italian place. Oh, wonderful. That that's, sounds fantastic. So Italian, then Gabriella's category, then brand. Right. And so legends get known for the niche. And they get real specific about defining a super tight niche that they can own. I love it. And I mean, this is, you know, I mean, the analogy I sometimes use when I talk about, you know, the concept of niching down and I, you know, I'd love to know whether other than the Italian restaurant one, whether you have one that you use over and over as well. Um, the one that I use a lot is, you know, cause I'm a hoops guy. I'm probably the only Brit you'll come across. It's not a football or a soccer fan. I've never liked it. It's boring. There's like two good moments in 19 minutes. Like why? <laughs> I don't understand. Like there's two, there's, there's two, if you're lucky, there's two or three really big highs in like 90 minutes with a 30 minute break in the middle and it's cold and it's raining a lot. Like, what are you doing going to football matches? Seriously, just, I, I don't get it. But so I'm a hoops guy. So the analogy I use is, well, why be a great basketball coach when you can be a great coach of point guards or, you know, something where you're niching down from one, you know, because when you think about a basketball team, you, you know, you've got the forwards, you've got the, uh, you know, the center, you've got the shooting guard, you've got the point guard, like, become the coach of one of those positions and have all of the players that identify themselves with being a center fall in love with you as the guy who coaches centers rather than just the head coach. I mean, it's well, you know, particularly some people if, will get, some people won't, but you know what I mean? Absolutely. And particularly if no one else owns of course. the niche called center coach. Of course. Right. So can I tell you what my, my new favorite one is? This is one I, found, uh, I want to say three days ago, maybe four days ago. Hot off the press. Let's do it. Well, it's a new discovery for me. And so, and I see categories and niches everywhere, right? Because that's just what, how my brain works. So 
You think about restaurants and bars as a small business. They are arguably, most, most research would indicate restaurants and bars have the highest failure rate of any uh, small entrepreneurial business. So, I, excuse me if I'm off a little bit, but about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, these four guys in Brooklyn, uh, just guys like you and me, um, say, you know, we kind of want a bar to hang out at, 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 at after work. That's kind of how we hang out together. And what they like to do when they hang out together, they like good draft beer. They like uh, uh, 80s and 90s rock music, particularly Rush. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they like 80s old school video games like Pac-Man and stuff like that. Right. So there was no so, such bar. So they're like, well, like most entrepreneurs, most youpreneurs, they experience a problem and they go, there's got to be a better way. And they go to solve the problem. Right. So these guys start a restaurant bar. Now, and there's four of them, what most people would do, they wouldn't think about this concept of niching down and this business practice called category design, which is designing a problem and therefore a solution in a new way such that a whole new market category exists. So somehow these four dudes are intuitive about this, Chris. And so they don't call this bar, you know, Jimmy, Fred, Bob, and Joe's. They call this bar the world's first arcade bar mm. because it has the elements I described. And they, so that's the niche. And the brand is, they call it Barcade, or excuse me, Barcade. So the brand is the world's first arcade bar. That's the niche. And the brand is the Barcade. Well, now there's nine or 10 of them. I, you know what? I think I've been to one and I, I'm really? trying to, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think where it's going to come to me, possibly Portland. I don't know why that's in my head, but possibly Portland. I, I do it's recall. It's the kind of place that would have a place like the Barcade. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I remember it was, it was dark inside. There were obviously tons of arcade machines everywhere, um, lit up bar, no real seats to speak of to a certain degree. It was all was kind it of like, like a dive bar vibe. Yeah. Like a, like a yeah. hipster dive bar. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So maybe, I, mean, maybe I haven't been to one, but that's the vibe. If you check their website out. Yeah. Maybe I've, and lots of um, neon, Lots of like pinks and blues and yellows from the eighties, bloody everywhere. You know, like neon <laughs> paint up on the wall and, and stuff like that. If it wasn't a barcade, it was probably something trying to rip it off, which obviously happens quite quite well when you've got a yeah. And, and their tagline is the original arcade bar. There you go. All right. And so you know, the, I just love it because in a in a in a space that is a graveyard for many. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dive bars in the world that are completely undifferentiated, mm. right? And they declared their niche, they made it work, and ba-boom, the rest is history. So that's that's a really good example. Let, let's, let's break things down a little bit more. I mean, let's say we are in a relatively crowded niche, relatively crowded industry. Um, and I mean, let's use the health and fitness industry as an example, right? So you're somebody that's got, you know, 10 years under your belt as a health and fitness pro, maybe you're a nutritionist, maybe a personal trainer, whatever the case may be. How, how can we 
how can we start that niching down process, Chris? Like, what are the first two or three things that we need to do to start niching down so that we can become well known a little faster? It's a great question. Uh, a, a spectacular place to start is by having a dialogue with yourself and, and maybe your friends and, and some colleagues around yep. what makes you different as distinct from what makes you better. Love it. I talk about that very thing in Rose of the Entrepreneur. So I love this. This is great. And so, so, so that's kind of point A. Um, um, point B, one of the things that we talk about in um, Play Bigger is this concept. We, we lovingly refer to them as Frodo's from twos. You want to you wanna take the world from the way it is now to the way you want it to be. And so mm-hmm. it's important to get very, very clear. Okay, the way the market category works today is the following and the value associated with it and so forth. I'll give you a simple example. There's a category called flat screen television and there's a category called high-end sunglasses. And a flat screen television in the United States, you can easily get for about $150 today. Mm. Uh, and if you want a pair, and that's sort of more of an entry level, mid level, but it, they're they're relatively inexpensive. The sunglasses, if they're high end, Maui Gym or Ray Ban or whatever, Oakleys, can easily be three hundred dollars. Right. Now, you look at that and go, one of these products talks to satellites in space. <laughs> And the other one's a piece of plastic on your nose. Right, right, right. And if an alien looked at it, you said, hey, which one was twice the price of the other? You'd go, well, clearly the one that talks to the satellites. And so what, what a category designer is, is, is somebody who's always asking the question, why is it this way? Who made us believe that the problem called... Uh, getting UV rays out of my eyes was 2x more valuable than problem of getting uh, pixels into my living room. Right. Somebody designed that. And so you got to figure out how you want to take the world from the way it is to the way you want it to be and have a very provocative point of view. I'll give you a simple example. Um, in a very similar to your uh, health, health uh, trainer example. Yep. Have you seen Picasso's early work, Chris? I have not. So when he starts off as a painter, and I don't know much about painting, but when he starts off as a painter, he does what most people do, which he paints pretty landscapes and people and whatever he paints. And he's a good painter. And then one day he pulls out the bright colors and he starts painting in blocks and he takes the ear and sticks it where the boob should be and vice versa and creates something that looks like it was invented by an alcoholic eight-year-old. <laughs> and then the world looks at it and goes, well, um, it, 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 it's this is pretty cool. Right. Well, no, that's not what they said. They said, Hey, it looks kind of mental. <laughs> and Pablo said, well, see, that's where you're wrong. Right. It's a new genre of art called cubism okay and so here's my question who would you rather be picasso or the 87th cubist artist Mm -hmm. so my point is he did something different he was the designer 
not just of a, a, a paint paintings. He was the designer of a new type of art. And my argument to you, Chris, is that it was the category, the niche that he invented that made his brand, not the other way around, because he was the pioneer of cubism. I could not agree more with you. I mean, I clearly know nothing about Picasso or his work, but I, I mean, this is at the very incubus of, of what we talk about on this show all the time is being different rather than being better. Uh, I mean, there's an entire chapter about it in the bloody book. So it's quite serendipitous that you bring up a term literally oh. like that. <laughs> no. And listen, I'll tell you from the bottom of my heart, if there's, if there's one thing I hope to have some kind of, uh, impact on an area to make a difference in in life it's that one day more people will realize the power of uh the ex the exponential value of being different versus the incremental value of being better look is it cool to take an existing carbodingulator and make it a little smaller or a little faster or a little cheaper yes yes but you know what's really cool to not just create the carbodingulator, but to teach the world why the carbodingulator matters. Mm. To be not just the inventor of a product, but to be the creator of a whole new market category. Here's one in the Upreneur space. Um, you know Hal Elrod. Of course. Yes, the famous Hal Elrod. Well, what's great about Hal Elrod in this context is you know, when Hal starts off his career as a speaker and a trainer and a motivator and all that, he's incredible. He lights rooms up. He's, he's incredible. The problem is he's not differentiated. He's, he's just an awesome, at the time, very young, still now young, <laughs> uh, speaker, you know, thinker guy, right? Motivator guy. Right. And when he has the aha that uh, what you do when you first wake up in the morning really changes your whole day. And if you change your day, you change your life. And then he comes up with the concept of what today, of course, is the miracle morning. Mm. And now there's over half a million of those books sold and there's more, more diff, different versions of it. Miracle morning for the, you know, left-handed underwater basket weaver and all of it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But the interesting thing is how was a legendary thinker, speaker, and motivator. He wasn't differentiated. And once he did Miracle Morning, that's a classic niche down in a sea of undifferentiated people. He became known for a very specific thing and a very specific idea. And now he's not just a great speaker. He's the Miracle Morning guy. And even more importantly, forget what it's done for him personally. His ability to make a contribution and make a difference with um, his thinking is at a scale that it never would have had he not become differentiated. Yeah, totally. I could not agree more with you. And I've gotten to know Hal very, very well over the years. He's been out here to the Philippines. He's, he closed up uh, one of our tropical think tank events. Uh, he will be on the stage at Upreneur Summit at some point in the near future as well. And, uh, you know, I, I continue to fall in love with him more and more every year as, as time goes by because he's, he's, he's genuinely Hal all the time. There's no smoke and mirrors. Uh, but you're absolutely 100% right that until he 
encapsulated what he had been doing with great success and called it something. Uh, he, he was just another amazingly great motivational speaker. He did yeah, what he I needed mean, to do, right? That's right. That's right. And so uh, he is an extraordinary example of a niche down as well. He did exactly the same thing Picasso did, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, look, as we close up, let me ask you this then. What should we not do when we're niching down? What should we avoid doing when we're niching down? Do not fall in love with your product or your solution. Yes. Love this. Right? So good. Fall in love with the problem. What's right. the problem? Right? Another great example that I absolutely love, it's in, it's in uh, Niche Down. There's this company in the U.S. called Gojo Industries. And it's been around for, well, many, many decades. I, I, excuse me for forgetting, but I mean early. And um, it is the original category designer of liquid soap. It was started by a husband and wife team. And the wife didn't like sharing soap when she was doing dirty work that was all mucky and mussy and had other men nastiness on it and so forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this began a quest and they became the designers of what, so at the time there was a bar of soap. That was the category. They created a new niche of soap called liquid soap, right? Classic niche down. Right. And then fast forward many decades later, they're the creators of Purell. Purell comes out in the mid to late 90s. At the time, you and I, we weren't worried about how hygienic our hands were. We didn't think about it. Sure, did we wash our hands? Sure. If you go to the washroom, you're supposed to wash your hands. You get them mucked up, you wash your hands. Right. You know, but we didn't think about it. Today, you walk into most buildings. I was at, I was at the tire store the other day. And at the cash register at the tire store is the Purell dispenser, Chris. Right, right, right. And so what's my point? They saw the problem called, how do I get my hands clean from a completely different lens? Right. And by tilting the lens, by thinking about the problem in a new way, the, a new solution appeared. And then when the new solution appeared and they educated the world to see things the way they did, but bam, first liquid soap and then Purell, right? What hand sanitizer is the right. niche, right? Right. You and I didn't think about how sanitized our hands were today. Mothers care. Listen, are you a good mother today? If you don't have that stuff with you at all times, right. don't you have to wipe your baby down three times a day with that stuff? <laughs> right. And so, but, but, but my point is, and this is the aha, there was no market category in 1992 for hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. And then the second big aha is the company that designs the space is best positioned to dominate it. And so in our book, Play Bigger, we did some research in the tech space that shows that in one category, in any given category, one company earns 76% of the economics of the entire niche. 
So two thirds of the economics go to one person. Look, you're a great example. We were talking about this off air. You might kill me for talking about it on air. Mm-hmm. How big the show's become, the subscribers and the subscriber growth and right. how everybody wants to get on and, and how kind of amazing it is to you, right? Well, here's why. It's what's called category queen or in your case, king economics. You design the category, youpreneur. You literally built the show, wrote the book. You are the guy. You're the guy. You're the youpreneur guy. I'm the you guy. The same. You did exactly the same thing Picasso did. You did exactly the same thing uh, Hal Elrod did, right? You weren't just some other entrepreneur. I don't know. I, I, call, I, I call some of this stuff entrepreneur porn, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, no, because there's a lot out there. You're absolutely right, yeah. Right. So you weren't just going to be the next entrepreneur porn guy, right? You, you wanted to be very focused, very clear, and you wanted to create uh, and design a niche that you could own. That's what you did. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah. what the legends do. And so um, if, just to tie off on the Purell guys, um, legendary entrepreneurs, legendary youpreneurs are category designers who teach the world how to think about a problem and therefore a solution in a completely new way. And when the world you care about agrees with your design of the problem and the solution, bam, the category makes you the queen or the king. You have niched down. You now own a specific market niche. Mm. And if somebody else tries to go after you, they can't because sooner or later, you're going to have two thirds of the economics in that category niche. That's how it works. It, it sure is. And you're absolutely right. And I'm already experiencing it myself. And many, many other people listening to this show are already experiencing it because of the fact that, you know, they've picked up these great tips from amazing guests like yourself. So, uh, you know, go and do likewise, everybody. Yes, I'm talking to you, you guys tuning in right now, niche down. Chris Lockhead, you're a star. I can't wait for us to hang out and uh, watch live music, swig whiskey, and talk about basketball and lots of other fun stuff. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and hopefully make some bad decisions together. (laughs) Hey, talk for yourself, man. I tell you. (laughs) Uh, You guys, you want to go check out Chris and what he's all about, uh, you can head over to legendsandlosers.com for the podcast links to everything else that he's doing over there right now. Um, and he is at Lockhead, L-O-C-H, head on Twitter. Uh, all the socials. Chris, thanks again for being on, man. I very much appreciate your time and your wisdom and uh, your thoughts. It was great to chat with you. Thanks, Chris. Be legendary, my friend, as I know you will be. <laughs> We're doing our best, my man. We're doing our best. You guys, uh, links to everything and lots of other bits and pieces over on the show notes, chrisducker.com forward slash episode 292. I'll be back at you again with another episode of Youpreneur for FM next week. Until then, go ahead. And why don't you guys go ahead and try to be legendary? I'll be back at you then. Bye for now. So I've got a quick question for you. What are you doing November 3rd through to the 5th later this year? Nothing? Good, because we'd love to host you at the annual Upana Summit Conference taking place in London over that very weekend. You're going to get the chance to learn from the best expert speakers in the world, network with them up close, meet and get to know hundreds of other Youpreneurs, as well as devise a plan of attack to grow your business faster than ever before, all over the course of just one weekend. For more info and to secure your place, 
Just visit youpreneursummit.com and tickets are limited. So don't hang around. Do it today. That's youpreneursummit.com. I'll see you there.